and amen. If you open up your programs, ladies and gentlemen, in the right-hand side, you will notice that there is a good blank uh, area for sermon notes. There are some scripture references I'm going to be sharing during my sermon here today. So just in case, you know, if you want to write them down, you can do so. Or any other, uh, you know, notes that you want to share, uh, except, you know, the, uh, the recipe for what you're going to do for dinner time. Okay? So <laughs> we continue on with the uh, spiritual growth campaign study entitled Jesus Among Secular Gods by Ravi Zacharias and Vince Vitale. Now, the last three weeks, been, we've been sharing uh, different types of isms. One of them was uh, atheism scientism, and then last week's was pluralism. Now today we're going to be discussing just briefly on two other isms of relativism and humanism. But before I do that, let me just pause for a word of prayer. God, we're thankful for this time that you allow us to be in this moment of our service to receive of your word. Let our ears be attentive of your word and that your spirit will move in our lives and our minds and our hearts to apply it in our everyday lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so the first one I want to share with you is relativism. Relativism means that all truth is relative. Now, right away, uh, there is a clear problem with saying that all truth is relative. Let's say, for example, someone goes and asks you a question, and you provide an answer. And their response is, That's, that can't be true. And, of course, then you go and say, well, it may be, it's going to be true for me, even if, I, if it's not true for you. What's going to happen is a breakdown in that conversation there, and ultimately there will be a breakdown in your relationship with that individual, because if you keep on saying the same response all the time. Relativism, uh, relativism claims that we can create our own truth, morality, and meaning on an individual level. Relativism naturally leads to humanism, which means that human beings are the ultimate measure of truth. Now, humanism, in at least the atheistic form, claims that humanity can create its own values, its own meanings and purpose on a societal level. It is up to humanity to save itself. Now, again, so humanism is that we can make progress on our own. Now, now that I gave you two brief introductions on those two isms, let's go to the Word and share and, and see what God uh, has prepared for us here today. So the first one, I'm going to ask you to please open up your Bibles to the letter of uh, Romans, chapter 1. I'll be reading from verses 21 to 23. If you're using the smart devices, you know, or any type of device, you can go to our Version app. Go to events and select New Hanover UMC for the notes and the scripture references. So again, Romans 1, the Bible says this. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. There are people, ladies and gentlemen, who know about God, and there are people who know God. There is a difference. 
There are people who attend services where God is worshipped, and there are people who worship God in the services. There is a difference. There are people who have reverential fear of God, and there are people who want to be God. Now, we have to understand that putting man first instead of God is the first or an original sin. The serpent said to Eve in Genesis 3, verse 5, you will be like God. But God is beyond our thoughts. Many times we think we have all the answers. But we're reminded of Romans chapter 1, verses 21 to 22, where it says that their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. You see, we only have a small view compared to God's view. I'm going to read to you the Old Testament book of uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, where the Bible says this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The humanists seek an admirable thing, ethical lives and a greater good for humanity, but they expect to achieve that without God. According to the American Humanist Association, the Humanist Manifesto 3, the humanists believe that the responsibility for our lives and the kind of world in which we live is ours and ours alone. In philosophyterms.com provided examples of humanism in popular culture through music. Two examples I want to share with you. The first one is John Lennon's Imagine. Here are a few lyrics. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. This John Lennon song is almost a national anthem of secular humanism. The idea behind the song is simple. If we stripped away all the structures of religion and politics, we'd be left with a raw human existence, and the world would be peaceful. There is a, that is a very hopeful humanistic view. However, it does not consider the possibility that raw human nature might be savage, violent, or cruel. A second uh, example they listed was Insomnium's The Promethean Song. The lyrics go like this. It says, no redemption from the skies. No response up from heavens. No relief will ever come from beyond this realm. Ward off your fears. Break your harness. Forge your own fate. Now these lyrics from the heavy metal band Insomnium, and they express a very similar outlook in a completely different musical genre. The singer encourages us to embrace freedom and independence rather than depending on the supernatural help, which he says will never come. But we have to understand that we aren't as good as we think we are. 
the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9, the Bible says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? See, a true humanist will deny that statement. So who determines what is ethical? Who determines what is good? Ravi Zacharias says that humanist tells us that man becomes the measure of all things. But nobody tells you which man. In the 20th century, the Soviet Union promised a better world without God. Instead, a futile search for godless, godless progress, millions died. Because the men setting the standards for right and wrong were cruel and evil. On Psalm 118, verse 9, the Bible says, It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. On Psalm 146, verse 3, the Bible says, Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no hope for you there. You see the basic pattern? With relying upon human beings without God to determine moral standards and build a better world is that human beings are sinful by nature. For example, when we are offended or hurt, what is our first initial reaction? It may be probably safe to say that our natural response is not to turn the other cheek, but rather to fight back. Where the feelings of revenge take place, the feelings of anger or bitterness take place in our lives, or even the mindset of eye for an eye, to name a few. Vince Vitale says, where do you get human value and human potential if you take God out of the picture? But because God is love, his response to our constant offense is grace, mercy, love, Caring, redemption, and salvation through Jesus Christ. Now between the two examples of reactions, how can we continue to trust in human beings? Ravi Zacharias says the funeral at which real life begins for each of us is the burying of one's own pride and self-sufficiency. Without God, you have no objective standard for determining good and evil. And you're only left with only sinful people to guide you. To build a kind of ethical life and better world as a humanist preach, you must begin with God, not without him. To lead an ethical life, the self-reliant must become God-reliant. A quote that says, self-reliance or God-reliance is a simple life-defining choice that every heart has to make. The heart has to be transformed, ladies and gentlemen. On Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. When you will, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good 
and pleasing and perfect. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24. The Bible says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. For a humanist, the hope is put, is built on man. For a Christian, the hope is built in God, who is perfect in wisdom and in power. Now, if you think you're too good or too good for a need of redemption, where do you stand? Where are you there? Well, our God provides grace, the grace that's needed. The next scripture reference I have for you will be one of the next steps I'm going to ask you to memorize this week. Is Romans chapter 3, verses 23 to 24, where the Bible says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Even though we deserve punishment and death, ladies and gentlemen, God's love for us is so great that we never receive what we deserve. So therefore, trust in God, not in yourself. The last scripture reference I have for you is found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Let me pause there for a moment. Do not depend on your own understanding. I've been in ministry for 19 years. And just because I've been in ministry for 19 years does not mean that I can just do whatever I want because I got this. I dare not. Even in 19 years, it was even 5 years, 10 years, 19 years, I dare not come up here to preach on my own accord. I dare not come up and try to lead a church on my own. I dare not try to worship, lead worship on my own. But I'm always asking, I have too much respect for the position, too much respect for what the office represents for me just to be just nonchalant and just, don't don't worry about it. I've been doing this too long. No, never. I always ask God's spirit to be able to lead me. The time that we spend in, in, in a, as a gathering, as a group, to prepare for the messages. I make sure I dare not lead in my own understanding. But I challenge you the same way I also do in the last part of this verse, where it says, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You see, God is our moral compass, and without that, it'll be chaotic. Without that, it'll be immoral. If you try to build a better world without God, it is doomed to fail. Trust in God, for our God knows best. Let us pray.